Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast, helping cleaning professionals make the impact that they were meant to make. This is a very important episode. Don't poach customers or employees. I'm setting some boundaries. If you're a listener of this podcast and you've ever considered working with me and getting trained by me, listen to this one all the way through as I'm going to lay out some boundaries of who I do work with and who I do not. But first, let's lighten it up with a funny papers edition. This funny papers story is from Angela Brown's professional house cleaning group. And the cleaner is Chastity Wilson from Clean to Shine out in Auburn, Washington. It's a very short one, but it's good to imagine this because you can absolutely see this happening. I can personally attest of it happening before, and I've done a funny story on it in the past. Here's what she shares. She had a client walk into a sliding glass door that she had cleaned and say, oh my, I thought the door was open. And her comment was, this is a huge compliment. So this is like the classic cleaning joke, right? Where you are so good at cleaning the windows that you can't tell there's actually glass there. And how many times have you ever seen this happen in your own business or have heard the story? I remember back in the day, you know, when I was cleaning windows in for houses in upstate New York for quite a while, but there is a couple examples, and one in particular that was funny, where I was cleaning this this older house and these big windows, and I had those things sparkling like crazy. And as I was cleaning one of them, a bird flies right into it, thump. And thump's not good when a bird hits it, because it thumped and kind of went down to the ground. I think it died. So I'm responsible for killing a bird because of my cleaning. So it happens. And in this case, the man did not die by walking into his own sliding door. And thankfully, the glass didn't break. But he did bounce off of it. So that was kind of an embarrassing moment for him and a funny moment for Chastity. It's time to get to the meat of this episode. Don't poach customers or employees. Let me start here. I have a heart to help everyone who wants to start a cleaning business and optimize as a solo cleaner. Absolutely. I have found this to be a great strength of mine, but also a great weakness. I'm going to explain why it's a weakness. In two recent scenarios, I have learned that while helping one cleaner, I am hurting another. That's not good. I'm going to teach the destructive mindset in each of my two recent scenarios and share what I learned from each of them. Scenario number one, a lady found my podcast. She loved it and emailed me some questions. I answered her and started coaching her only to find out that she was currently employed, working for another cleaning company, and she wanted to go off on her own. I don't know her current boss. I advised her to be ethical and not poach any clients. She did not want to hire, so poaching her coworkers wasn't really a concern, at least not now. 
I did not deter her from starting a cleaning business or from quitting her job. I had the mindset that there is plenty to go around and that there is still more work than workers. I do still believe this. However, there is a major flaw to my advice. It hurt the current cleaning company she is working for. This company owner paid the price to start her own company. I know what it takes to win in a cleaning company. I know how hard it is to find good people and to train those good people and to keep them long term, only to then lose them and become a competitor and try to steal her other employees that she also trained. This is heartbreaking and it's wrong. And in many cases, it's illegal and obviously unethical. The cleaner that contacted me had benefited tremendously from the work and the training that her boss provided. Like so many cleaning employees, they perceive that the boss isn't doing any of the cleaning, yet they're making so much more than the cleaner. This isn't fair, and it's not even true. It's entitlement, and it's scarcity mindset. They don't yet know how hard it is to run their own company. They think erringly that being a good cleaner, which they only know because of their boss, will make them a good cleaning business owner. And we know from the previous podcast from the Smart Cleaning School that this is not true. They don't yet have the four fundamentals in place of financial, mindset, strategic, and people conquered. So many cleaners perceive the easy street it appears to change from cleaning employee to owner. Then they quit and they call on the houses or offices they were cleaning and they attempt to steal them. Some, well, probably many, can be successful if they build good relationships with those particular customers. The result is that they have stolen those customers and that's exactly what it is. It's theft. Then they call their former coworkers and they offer them a better deal, maybe more money, who knows, which is also theft and it's unethical and in many cases illegal. So what happens next? The cleaner turned owner doesn't know how to get any insurance. They don't know how to make their business legit and professional. They put themselves and their stolen customers at risk. They have very shallow roots and the new business is scorched by the hot sun and the pressures of being in business for yourself and the business dies. It withers and dies. The customers are hurt as they lose their cleaner. The original cleaning company is hurt because it had customers and employees stolen from them that the owner and the team worked very hard to find and train. The new cleaner turned cleaning business owner is done and begging for their old job back if they can get it or they have a black spot on their resume. The employees that jump ship don't know what to do. This is destructive for all. If I would have helped this cleaner, I would have helped them succeed in their business for sure but I would have also helped the other cleaning company lose a good employee and potentially lose good customers and lose some good employees. I would have helped one to hurt another. I will not do this. It's not ethical for me. Plus, if there is a non-compete in place, which we'll get to soon, it's possible that I'd be complicit 
in helping a cleaning employee illegally break their binding contract. This is a potential legal liability for me. Again, I won't do this. And I didn't help this cleaner once I realized the potential destructive downstream path. I don't want to be all doom and gloom here. In some limited cases, this will work out, and it does work out. For example, there are cleaners that do it the right way, in my opinion. They inform their bosses of their interests and their desire to have their own company at some point down the road. These company owners are like dream managers, and they're mentors, and they actually reach a hand down and they help them, they train them, they maybe even bless them with some supplies or maybe even let them have a customer. I don't know, but everyone's different. But there are companies that will do this and help some of their team members grow and start their own business. I definitely have a lot of respect for a business that would do that. And they also realize that there's more work than workers and they will figure out how to make the win-win. Maybe they agree how I'll teach you, but don't compete against me in my exact geographic zone. Go over a county. And that's possibly an arrangement they make. And then, of course, there's the documentation, the contract, the non-compete, all that stuff that has to be fulfilled to the letter exactly. Scenario number two. One of my family members in a different state builds a close relationship with her cleaner. She is an employee of a large company. I know the owner well of this cleaning company. In conversation, my family member learns of the cleaner's interest to have their own business. My family member knows what I do and naturally tells her cleaner about me and that I help people to start cleaning companies. Totally innocent, and my family member feels like she is absolutely helping this cleaner that has an interest in doing her own thing. Some things happen with the job that she's working at for this for my friend, and she leaves the cleaning company. Now she's not with that cleaning company or with my friend anymore as an employee. She's on her own. She's only gone for a few months. She remembers my family member's advice and she finds me. She finds my website. She finds the link to book a free discovery call with me. And I didn't know who it was. I jumped on a call and I started helping her for a good 15 or 20 minutes. I gave her advice to help her start a cleaning business. I did not do enough questioning in the beginning to find out exactly some of the stats and some of the scenarios around her specific situation. And here's what I discovered. She was cleaning for my family member as an employee. That was cool. My family member recommended her to me. I found that out pretty early. And then after I gave her advice, and I'll tell you some of the advice I told her in a minute, then I found out that it was my friend's cleaning business that she worked for. And so it made it more personal to me. Wow, I don't want to give her any advice that could hurt my friend. So I was starting to back out some of my advice. And here's the advice I had told her on the on the coaching portion before I found out more of the details. And I'll show you where I erred in this. I advised her how to start a cleaning company. And I even sent her some free resources. I definitely told her not to poach any customers, including the family member that she was cleaning for. I told her not to poach any employees either. She wanted to market in the same neighborhoods as her former boss without taking any customers directly. I didn't see any direct conflict with this at the time. So I gave her this advice. Don't market your business there. That's your former boss's area to market in. However, 
if uh, you are doing social media and you're marketing elsewhere and people in that neighborhood find out about you and they request an estimate, I don't see any harm in giving prices and then just kind of go from there. And if one of those particular customers reaches out to you for an estimate, you may want to connect with your old boss and just give them a heads up. That may be a difficult phone call, but I believe that's the right thing to do. So this is the advice I gave. Still believing that there's more work than workers. And it wasn't until the end of the call that I found out that it was my friend, which made it more personal, that she actually worked for. And I just felt awkward about it. So I knew I needed to make a phone call to my friend. To say she was unhappy with the news was an understatement. And she wasn't even happy with the advice I gave to her, which really made me start to think, wait, am I not being ethical here as a coach? It really got me thinking. I did quickly realize my error. This cleaner that was friends with my family member, she signed a very strict non-compete agreement which carried potential fines for poaching employees and for poaching customers. There was geographic restrictions of where she could operate her own business. She also had signed this non-compete to apply for a full year after leaving the old company. I have a non-compete for our commercial cleaning company. It doesn't carry fines, but it does lay out the terms not to poach. Plus, it has the same one-year terms. This former employee was not even six months off the job. She's still under contract. She's still binding under the non-compete. And I didn't ask enough questions to find this out. And I even wonder if she even knows what she signed when when she started with my friend's business. Just by the advice I gave her in that 15 minutes, I literally am putting my friend's business at risk. I'm putting myself at risk because there's legally binding agreements in place with potential fines and legal ramifications. I don't want to be responsible for helping her start a business that could take employees or customers away from my friend. This, again, is unethical by me. And I'm calling myself out here. I'm learning some big lessons. I thought I was just helping someone. I love helping people. But in this case, I didn't ask enough questions on who exactly I was helping. I have to learn as I grow as a coach and a consultant in this industry that there are some people that I absolutely can coach all day long. And there's other people I need to distance myself from. Here's what I did next. I emailed the cleaner back and I let them know that I cannot help them and that they should ensure they comply with all the documents that they have already signed. I declined to help this cleaner, and I will not help cleaners quit their job to start a business. It's unethical. And I will not help cleaners that have already quit their job and want to start a cleaning business, and they're under contract. So these two scenarios have helped me define two boundaries for the smart cleaning school. Number one, we do not train current cleaning employees to start their own cleaning company. I'll say that again. We do not train current cleaning employees to start their own cleaning company. Yes, they will find my podcast and our resources. I can't stop that. They're free. But they will not get direct access to our paid training or one-on-one time with me. I will not help a cleaner quit their job. I cannot stop cleaning employees from starting their own business. I just won't help them do it. This is my lesson from scenario one. Number two, we 
do not train former cleaning employees within two years of leaving their position or still under any legally binding non-compete contract to start their own cleaning company. I'll read this again. It was a little bit lengthy. We do not train former cleaning employees within two years of leaving their position or still under any legally binding non-compete contract to start their own cleaning company. If you're a former cleaning employee, like in scenario number two, and you want us to train you, we will need written proof that you are no longer under contract and have been employed by no other cleaning company for at least two years. Most non-competes are in operation from six to two years, so I feel that gives me a safe buffer. These are the two hard lines I'm drawing. And are they hard? Yes. But I will not be a part of harming any cleaning company. I'm an ambassador for this industry. I want to help everyone if possible. And I love training side hustlers, startups, and solos to optimize a solo cleaning business. And I will absolutely keep doing that. It's a lot of fun for me. And I'm good at it. I'm just going to choose who I work with, with more wisdom and selection. My goal is always to find the win-win, like Mr. Stephen Covey teaches. Before I end this podcast, I want to provide some encouragement for current and former cleaning employees listening to this podcast. You may feel like I just beat you up. First of all, thank you for listening. This is a great industry. One day, this could be the right business for you. Make sure you know what you signed. Make sure you know what you signed. Declare any intentions you have about starting a cleaning business to your boss. It's possible they will help you win. You will likely have to start your own business in a different area. But who knows? Just put yourself in their shoes. What if you had endured the struggle, the risk, the stress of building a successful company and one of your employees did this to you? How would you want to be treated? Treat others as you would like to be treated. It's the golden rule. If you're a solo cleaning owner and none of this applies to you and you do want my training, we'd love to have you in the Solo Elite Membership. You can optimize your solo cleaning business to earn over $50,000 profit cleaning less than 20 hours per week without employees or subs or drama. Get access to this game-changing training for only $57 per month or $597 per year in the Solo Elite Membership at smartcleaningschool.com forward slash elite. Members get access to the full ISO model course to optimize your solo business plus access to the Solo Elite community, bonus podcast content, access to private coaching, and additional courses at 50% off. You can also sample the membership with our brand new Backstage Pass, which is found at smartcleaningschool.com. Today's episode was brought to you by Swept Janitorial Software. Would you like to streamline your scheduling, supplies, quality control, and employee management in your commercial cleaning business so you can have more time to work on building your profit? Check out the Smart Cleaning School Swept exclusive deal. Get access to Swept for 30 days for 30 bucks. That's a $245 savings in the first month. That's pretty awesome. Just go to smartcleaningschool.com forward slash resources 
and you'll find our partner deals about halfway down the page. Check out my testimonial once you click through. There's a video on there that shows my Florida swept testimony. If you have a commercial cleaning company of any size, get swept now. I really appreciate you listening to this one all the way through. I would love to hear from you. If you're out there and you really like this or you have some other perspective you want to add, I may do a follow-up on this episode and can include some of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.